from the perspective of an Asian gay man, a lot of the fetishization comes from finding you attractive, like as an other yeah. to a whiteness. It's either that or just not being considered attractive at all. Warning adult content. The hookup. Love and f-ing on Triple J. Being young, queer, Asian and Australian can leave you with something of a sexual identity crisis. Repressed taboos in certain households conflict with the objectification of Asian bodies everywhere, from movies to grinder. At least that's according to the creators of Safe Word, a new show exploring what it means to be young, queer and Asian in Australia. Hey, I'm Nat Tenchich, and to talk us through why they created this Asian sexploration, I'm joined by Cindy Jiang and Francis Kao. Welcome, guys. So why did you decide to create this show? Francis, I'll start with you. This entire thing is an exploration. It's us having conversations that we aren't necessarily having in our lives already, and essentially a conversation that we think is kind of vital for people like us. Um, Because traditionally in Asian communities, it's taboo to talk about anything related to sex and sexuality, and we were finding that ourselves and a lot of the people we were talking to hadn't had, you know, what, what our other friends had as a sex talk or any kind of education regarding sex and as well as that we were finding there wasn't a lot of um, creative work put out about these themes made by Asian people and Asian queer people like ourselves. It just came from a lot of questions we had and just this desire to talk about the things that we were told were inappropriate to talk about. So tell me a little bit about that struggle and not being able to talk about it in your families. Like, so, you know, Cindy, you're from a Chinese background and you moved here um, from China when you were quite young. Yes. So are you, would you consider your parents, like, quite traditional? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually consider them quite traditional. A lot of the conversations that I'm able to have with my parents, like I talk to my like Chinese cousins or, or Chinese friends, and they're quite surprised that I'm able to like have that intimate relationship with my parents. But it's just, I, I think sex just never came into the conversation at any point. It, I think it was um, a discomfort on both sides of me not feeling like I wanted to ask about it, and then my parents not knowing when to talk about it. It's an awkward topic to have it's pretty awkward it's pretty awkward with everyone's parents yeah (laughs) um francis how about you because you clearly kind of identified with this idea as well how was sex um treated in your family background um growing up with my parents who were um, refugees and they came here there was simultaneously the cultural barrier but then also the language barrier which was a struggle and then me coming to terms with my sexuality in terms of being gay and me not understanding how my culture understands queerness and how to kind of deal with that. And then also growing up in a Catholic household and being grown up to go to like church every Sunday and just all of these layers kind of influencing each other and creating this dynamic where sex was kind of always off the table. I remember like the conversation of dating was always there. It was like, oh, are you seeing this person? Are you seeing this person? And I'll be like, no, because it's a girl. Um, but then like the conversations of like safe sex was never really there. And the show is all about exploring the conflict between growing up in a household in a cultural background where sex is a bit taboo and not really spoken about 
And the conflict between that and being diaspora and growing up in the West, where especially in this moment right now, we're talking more and more about sex and pleasure more openly than ever before. And Cindy, I want to ask how that has actually impacted the way that you move about in the world. Mm, It's been really interesting because sometimes there's this feeling of kind of pressure on both sides. So while on the traditional Asian perspective of it being taboo to talk about sex or particularly as a woman really enjoy sex is is a taboo thing as well and I know in China there is still very much kind of this trivialized obsession with virginity that girls are held to different standards than than boys are um, growing up and the things that their their parents and um, figures of authority will tell them um, regarding sex when I have these conversations or try to have these conversations I feel I know that with certain people I'm being seen in a in a certain way but then on the other hand not always feeling included in the this sexual liberation movement you know here in Australia or in other western countries can feel like I'm always being being pushed to be more liberal with my sexual expression than I that I'm comfortable with so it's kind of I guess that's more or less a part of the motivation to dive into this exploration with safe word as well is where do I find myself in the environment that I'm in right now um free of like this tradition that I've grown up with um and also free of what I guess western mainstream media um, is is giving me on how I should express my sexuality. Mm. Now the show explores fetishization and Asian sexual stereotypes, and I was wondering, uh, Cindy and Francis, what your personal experiences have been with these sorts of attitudes. Um, that's quite <laughs> traumatic, actually. I was in year twelve, um, standing in the side of the road in my school uniform, with blazer, everything, very clearly a minor. Um, this man in a truck drives by is about to turn the corner and then um, rolls down the window and says that um, he usually doesn't see tits like that on one of you Um, I'm 17 I'm 17 in this story there are multiple layers of wrong here (laughs) yeah when I tell this story everyone's like oh my god that is so traumatic Um, and it was like I I don't think I processed it at the time you know had absolutely no one has absolutely any reason to have that set to them um, anywhere at any time in researching this we were looking at a lot of um, just talking to friends who have been you know on tinder and then have had people send them problematic messages messages that are like yellow fever like it's scary how how often you see it Grinder is such a great place. It's <laughs> full of amazing people and not so amazing people. I've had quite a few messages where people are quite upfront with the fact that I'm Asian. They essentially want me to play into this fantasy of theirs. And um, and that entire image of what and like an Asian gay man is supposed to be, I feel like it's really damaging. I thought that I kind of had to make myself more palatable to white passing people and be like oh look I might be Asian but perhaps if I get super ripped then that kind of covers it up or if I'm more masculine then that kind of covers it up but then the the media portrayal of emasculating Asian men and seeing men as like Asian men as like feminine and submissive and like really like small petite and like we'll be passive and we'll do whatever you say nothing was helping but I feel like where we are now especially with a general media push towards more representation and more diverse representation and more authentic slash accurate representation with different body sizes and different personalities and 
it's kind of helped to round out things. And I saw Grindr had their like kinder month, which was kind of against racial discrimination. And I and I'm glad to see that there's kind of that push towards that. Um, but there's still definitely a problem. A big part of what your show explores is the sexual fetishization of Asian bodies. What have your experiences been like when it comes to that fetishization? It's interesting that from the perspective of an Asian gay man, a lot of the fetishization comes from finding you attractive like as an other yeah. to a whiteness. It's either that or just not being considered attractive at all mm. um, because of your race. And it's it's been interesting because I've, I was just thinking about this, that um, for Asian women, um, and in particular, I guess, East Asian women, mm. it's, it's kind of swung drastically in the other direction. So there's now sort of like two polar opposites of stereotypes of Asian women who are fetishized. Um, and I talk about that in, in one of the, the scenes that I wrote um, called How to Be a Dom. Where that comes from is that there's traditionally Asian females are considered to be sort of petite and submissive and are fetishized because they are small and were considered, I guess, more docile and meek. Mm. Um, but now there is also this other stereotype, um, which is the complete opposite, which is this um, Asian woman who is who has this haircut. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't see the haircut, by the way, uh, she does have the, you know the one, I'm pretty sure you know the one, the Edna Mode haircut, yeah. I guess, the bob with the hard with fringe. With the blunt fringe, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with this haircut, um, she like that kind of Asian female is fetishized, which also is just as uncomfortable as, as the other end. So I've wrote a scene about that. Yeah. I think it's I think it's important, especially when you talk about having those two distinct polar opposites that a part of that representation is kind of showing Asian people in a fun, in a neutral sexual environment where they're not being like prude or then they're not like super like sexualized. It's just kind of people having just a fun time and that's it's we experience it too especially when it's like agents and sex what and then we're like yeah we're just having a fun time because there's I felt when I was writing we were all writing pieces for the the show I kind of felt this immense like oh I need to make this huge statement and do this and do that but my favorite scene that I actually ended up kind of working with the cast was this really sweet poetry like mixed with dance and it was just about being like struggling to be intimate like we experienced that too even though that narrative has been said it I've rarely seen it been said with someone I can identify with because I see these two white people and they're like oh insecurities and I'm like same but no (laughs) um like there's so many insecurities that you would get from like looking at looking like an other and I rarely see that kind of portrayed in art and the media well, that's why you're putting on the show. It's billed as an Asian sexploration. Uh, it's putting young Asian queer sexuality on the table, uh, things that are often, they say, taboo in their culture and not really often talked about. And speaking of not often talked about, uh, it being a, a bit of a an awkward thing with your families, um, are your parents going to go watch? Um, <laughs> Mum's going. <laughs> I kind of told her at the very start. I remember when we had registered for the fringe. I was um, at like a big family dinner. I think the week after, and I was talking to one of my cousins about it. Um, and it kind of just ended up being me telling the whole table um, that I'm writing a show about Asian queer sex. I, I guess I don't know that everyone kind of knew how to react really, um, but. 
I, I think I've just kind of always been the person in that family who like makes strange things anyway. So I think at, at this point, like, I don't think my family was too surprised that I'm writing a sex show. Um, and I think people were surprisingly kind of supportive about it. I guess surprising not in a bad way than just, oh, like this is really nice. We've never talked about it at all, mm. ever. Um, but you're coming to see my show and I hope you like it. That's kind, That was kind of it, really, yeah. It, it's been really weird with my parents. My dad is not necessarily like a fan of theatre, so he's kind of like, oh, I'll stay home, which I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's up to you. Um, but when I first told my mum, she was, I could clearly tell that she was hesitant. I was like, oh, I'm, making, I'm doing this show for The Fringe. And she's like, oh, cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's about um, sex. And she was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And that's kind of where the conversation ended. And then because we like to keep each other up to date and I'll be like, oh, I'm going off to rehearsals. And then she'll be like, oh, so how's your show going? Like, how's the writing going? And I'm like, oh, it's good. We're talking about this topic today. We're talking about uh, this specific thing. And then she's like, I can see that she's trying to like, trying to get into it and be like, oh yeah, I get that. Cause in the past, the equivalent to a sex talk I got from her was her being like, Francis, don't get anyone pregnant. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but like to see her kind of want to be involved. But also simultaneously when I when you talk about like talking about this show with your family, I remember recently I went to a family dinner that was on it was with my dad's side there, so they're the more um we kind of bonded like going to church and things like that. And someone brought up the show. <laughs> and I kind of sat there just getting like getting ready for the worst and getting ready for people to like kind of come and attack me for like talking about it um but again surprisingly everyone was kind of just like oh i think that's really cool i think that's really important it's even like the most the most like religious of the bunch were like oh i think that's really important and like talking about sex because i feel like we all had this it's like everyone's thinking it but no one's saying it that we really should be having the talk well talking about it is what we're all about here on the hookup on triple j and cindy and francis i want to thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story thank you so much thanks for listening if you've got a story for us why not chuck it in a voice memo and email it to the hookup at abc.net.au tell us your story and ask us a question we're here to help or get onto us anonymously via triplej.net.au. If you love The Hookup, chuck us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and recommend it to anyone you know who needs a little bit of love advice. Listener.